Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. You know, the Bible is very clear in Matthew 24, verse 37 through 40. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. Basically, they were oblivious until the flood came and just swept them all away. And the Bible says, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now, to help bring some clarity to this topic and perfectly touch the hearts of someone somewhere today with the truth of the Bible, our good friend Dr. Richard Rooley is back to discuss this scripture as well as some others about just how close we truly are to what the Bible calls the end time. Praise God. Help me welcome back to the program, Dr. Richard Rooley. Dr. Rooley, it is indeed a blessing to have you come back on the program again today. Hey, thank you, my brother and pastor friend. Uh, uh, wonderful opportunity. I pray that God will bless your ministry and uh, bless us today with his presence and spirit as we reveal things that to me are, I wouldn't trade for all the, the tea oh, in hey, China man. or the yeah. drugs that Pfizer and Pharma have. You bet. You bet. Now, just to cap, recap a little bit from what we discussed last time, can you share with us what you found from Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 11, as far as the Exodus being an example for us? Good. Uh, basically, uh, Joseph did good stuff and gave him a seven-year warning of uh, seven good years before seven bad, but the Egyptians forgot that, and they uh, enslaved Israel instead of treating them good. And uh, even threw their babies in the river. Uh, but uh, as we consider it today, America is like that. We have enslaved most people in substances like alcohol, tobacco, drugs, and, and medical care is a form of bondage, really. If you have to go back and see your doctor every month or two and get another prescription when you could live well uh, without it, um, it's bondage. And uh, throwing babies in the river, we've thrown 63 million in the trash. We are worse than Egypt. And we profess to be a Christian nation. Right. Uh, so right. bad, bad stuff. And when God executed judgment on Egypt, uh, it was a jubilee event, which later came every 50 years. But my point is 50 years from Roe v. Wade is this year. We're going to get Praise it, the Lord. I Amen. believe. Amen. Amen. I think it's already in the process. But, but <laughs> God also said in Exodus 9, 5, and 6, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be to me a kingdom. And that applies to us today as well, correct? I mean, did, do we keep this covenant? Very good question. And basically, in my opinion, in that 19th chapter, just before he gave the Ten Commandments, uh, God got an ignorant bride. They worshiped a calf 40 days later. And this must not happen to Christ, basically. He's already paid a horrible price for us. And, uh, I'm seeing, I believe, in the wedding parables, a provision for how it, that God, he gets an intelligent bride, not an ignorant bride, okay? Amen. And uh, it's partly related to the first wedding parable 
of uh, Matthew 22, the king sends his uh, servants in verse 3 to bid people to a wedding feast. Well, the feast, uh, the wedding parables all have Passover imagery, and the feast at that time is called the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread. Well, that doesn't sound like a wedding feast, and no wonder the people scorn or ridicule it, and they reject the messengers because they want something more than un- crackers. You know, they they, they want <laughs> steak and 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 shake and and whatever you know, yeah. cake. But my my point is that that um, really it, we have to think spiritually, and uh, the fact is that and Christ said this in Matthew sixteen verse twelve that the Pharisees have leavened the bread. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning their doctrines, what they teach. Well, no better today, the preachers have leavened the bread. They have uh, oh, said, yeah. you don't need this or that or the other. Uh, just yep. Jesus is going to save you, you know, just and come back next week and give another good offering. You know, they, they don't want right. to offend anybody. They just give smooth sermons. Yep. Well, yep. I'm seeing that we need to do a little chewing. You know, you, wedding cake, you can almost swallow without chewing. But this, this is unleavened stuff, okay, that That's I'm right. going to be sharing That's today. Right. And so people are going to have to chew that mentally a little bit, I think. But that's uh, I'm seeing when, when Israel left Egypt, it also goes back to then. They, it says specifically they ate unleavened bread for seven days. Yeah. Well, seven days are the same length as the wedding feast. When Laban told Jacob, fulfill Leah's week, he was referring to her wedding for a week, okay? And union with Christ by covenant, in marriage is the same idea as communion with unleavened bread Amen. in the sense if it's biblical you know in Amen. other words uh, unleavened bread from the bible is good scripture supporting what you're talking about we want to base our lives on that we want to nourish our spiritual body by that communion and it's the same idea if we make a covenant like god made a covenant with abraham and so on that it was it was for his seed, his his and Paul says, if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed. So yeah. the covenant he made with Abraham is for us. We'll Amen. talk about that later. But the idea is we need to make a covenant to be his kingdom. That's how it would happen at Sinai. It's not about a quick snatch to heaven. It's uh, an opportunity for us, but it's not God gonna speak to us from Sinai, okay? Not gonna happen. When God took Israel out of Egypt, they went to Sinai. But when they're ready to go into the promised land, uh, it didn't. the waters didn't part automatically for them. They had to right. walk into the river and believe faith. They were more mm-hmm. mature then. Yeah. Uh, they, they have Amen. learned to trust God, mm-hmm. and they, uh, they, they believed those waters would part, and they did. Yeah. And I believe mm-hmm. Christ is looking for a group of people like us who believe it's going to happen, who are going to proclaim it, live for it, let others know about it, and when it happens, I believe uh, we can, as part of the my understanding in the wedding parable, he's going to give us power for three and a half years, even like Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses turned water to blood. And in Revelation 11, verses 3 to 6, God's going to give his two witnesses, Old and New Testament, power to shut the heavens and turn water to blood. Amen. Well, you know, Moses turned water to blood. Elijah shut the heavens. We can have that kind of power, I think, yeah. you know. Amen. And, and Amen. so uh, I, I'm looking forward to doing the best I know. Uh, if it doesn't turn out that way, I'm sure God has something else also for us. Uh, you know, he doesn't oh, turn yeah. us down. Yeah. But if we if we do the best we can, uh, we're blessed. Amen. Anyway, you know, in, in Revelation 6, we were talking about that. Revelation 6, we read where Jesus restores God's name in the first seal. 
when did we lose God's name? Good point. Good point. Well, first of all, let me back up and say that uh, the devil hated God and wanted to get rid of him, but couldn't get rid of God, but he did his best on the name. Okay. Name is who you are. And uh, identity theft today is nothing new. It happened with God. Solomon, wisest king of Israel, dedicated his temple to God's name. And uh, I think it's first Kings, verse eighth chapter. Uh, he wanted, uh, uh, he, he said that the, all people of the earth might know thy name. It was dedicated for that intent. Well, today, almost nobody knows the name. And when I explain who, who, what it is, I, I think you'll agree with me. But uh, by basically, name is character. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I might as well go ahead and explain what I believe God's name is. Um, you know, I, I grew up, first of all, believing that the Lord's name is God and the God's name is the Lord. You know, I, I, I didn't know that there was a name. But if you Google tetragrammaton, tetra means four. And grammaton is the four letters of God's name that were removed by translators. Mm. And I would not want to be a translator on the day of judgment because I think they did a bad thing. Christ said not one jot or tittle in English, but in yeah. Hebrew, it's one yod. Yod is the first letter of God's name. They removed not only the first letter, they removed all four letters of his name and supplanted mm. it, replaced it with Lord in all capital letters. Wherever you see God... Lord or or God in all capital letters, it's a signal God's name was taken out of the scripture. Mm. Bad idea, you know. Mm. Well, I thought that, it was translated as Jehovah when you say well, the Lord. That was it, it, it uh commonly <laughs> the King James has Jehovah in various places. Different translations have different names. Um the, the um and I would just say that uh, there's no J in Hebrew, no right, J in right, Greek. Right. So it's why Yah, is Jehovah yeah, a name? Yeah, you know, yeah, uh it's it's uh, it's changed, and uh, a lot of Jews today believe it's Yahweh uh, or Yahweh, uh, Yahweh based on the the letters. Uh, they look represent as Y H W H, but um, Josephus, who was a contemporary of the apostles, and he was at Jerusalem in seventy A.D. when Jerusalem was destroyed, and they bring the furniture out from the temple, and it, it included the golden crown of the high priest in which was engraven the sacred name, and this is a quote from Josephus, it consists of four vowels. Vowels. Okay. Wow. That's not okay. Yahweh. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the point is that uh, it's it's a different name. You you would not want God to have a name like Tom, Dick, or Harry. It's right. got to be different, you know. Yeah. And vowels are the music or melody of a word. And there's no obstruction to a vowel. When you hear a beautiful song... You're hearing the vowel, okay? Right, uh, right. The A or the E or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And my point is that God's character, like his name, has no obstruction. If we only had consonants, B, D, M, K, L, whatever it is, we would be very limited. You know, yeah. we'd have a hard time understanding each other and very few words. You wouldn't, you'd be limited in the words you could make, you know? Right, right. So uh, basically, uh, God lends us his name so we can even communicate. If you get that one, you'll appreciate God that He gave us yeah, His yeah. name so we could talk. You know. Okay. So how is it pronounced? Okay. In my opinion, uh, and I and by the way, you can you if you go to Amazon and you were to um, select books and type in I A U A, 
those are the, uh, those are the letters of God's name. I believe internationally, it would be Ia Ua. Now mm. that's wild, but think of the word hallelujah, U-E-A, are the vowels. And the hallel is, an, is, is a word that means praise. Internationally, that's, that word hallelujah in almost every language means praise God. Right. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that is the authentic stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not trying to be popular, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, right. one, in one of the Psalms, David says it's a terrible name. <laughs> 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 but but I think it's, it's because the demons are filled with terror, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen. Because I think it represents the members of the Godhood. They're the initials mm-hmm. there that all stand behind it. And the, the devil has to, to run from that. And that's why he tried to get rid of it. So it's I-A-U-A is what you're saying. I believe in English it is. Amen. It's really yod hey wah hey. okay? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. those have that sound, I believe, anciently. And uh, I Amen. now what I'm telling you is not just Josephus, a textbook of, of uh, classical Hebrew published in Oxford University in 1959, uh, in the early part of it. Um, it, it says that anciently, though uh, it was felt that the four vowels, uh, the, the the vowels yoth, hey, and wa, there are three of them, but one of them is repeated in God's name, um, need to be represented uh, by letters, not just vowel points. You know, today they have vowel points in the language, and they they add like if it's y h w h, they 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 think, oh, that's Yahweh. Well. Uh, it could be ye woo or something like that. Mm-hmm. How do you know? Yeah. You know. Right, right. But my my point is that that uh, um, I think it's it's beautiful because of of what it represents and uh, vowels are are are. Well, I've I've explained it basically. That's that's the way it yeah. is. Amen. Oh, Amen. I also forgot that there, there's a book. When I was researching some of this, I ran across a book of words by a uh, Lawrence Kushner, a, a, a rabbi, and it's, it's Jewish words, but Hashem means the name, and he explains in, in that short chapter, Hashem, that uh, it is not Yahweh or Yahweh, but they're all vowels. That's what he said. He didn't say what they were, but I'm giving you what I understand them to be. And by the way, if you went to, I, I started to say, if you went to Amazon, at books, selected books, and typed in I-A-U-A, you would see the book that I was I was giving a um, a meeting somewhere and explaining this, and a guy gets up the, from the control booth, booth and comes forward to the front and hands me this book, <laughs> supporting <laughs> supporting what I what I was already Amen. teaching. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right. Praise the Lord. God yeah. works in mysterious ways. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now in marriage. The bride takes the name of the husband. Well, at, at least that's how it's supposed to work. I can't yes. speak for this yes. day and time. But isn't marriage based on the covenant? I mean, I know when I do a wedding ceremony, in some cases, we do the communion uh, in the weddings as part of the wedding ceremony. But Interesting. Isn't marriage based on the covenant? Yes, should be. Yeah, I, I believe so, basically. And um, going... Uh, uh, I believe that I'm seeing seven topics, not just God's name, but uh, seven seals. Uh, the, the, the name is linked to the first seal. When John heard thunder in Revelation 6, uh, verse 1, um, thunder is linked to the name in John 12, verse 28, 29. Father, glorify your name. And mm-hmm. the people standing around thought it thundered. 
Yeah. And in yeah. Revelation 14, 1, the 144,000 have the Father's name in their forehead, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's literally there or if that's just where he, they're thinking, thinking about it, okay? Because in Malachi 3 or 4, he says he wrote a book of remembrance for those who thought often on his name. Amen. But um, Amen. Uh, if you don't know it, how can you do that, you know? Yeah, amen. So amen. anyway, well, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, I was going to say, we talked about the first seal, but let's talk about the second seal. Because okay. this brings worldwide war to the entire planet, right? Yes, yes. When God has a sealed group that make a covenant with him, I believe it's the covenant. Because in uh, this in Exodus 34, verse 10 and 11, God speaking said, Behold, I make a covenant with you, and it's a terrible thing I'm going to do with you. I'm going to drive out the Canaanite. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, that meant war, okay? But he was with them in it so that it wasn't, uh, you know... And we need God's covenant for end times, if anything, because it's going to oh, be dangerous. Amen. Lots of people are going to die. But if we've covenanted with him and we're faithful to the covenant, um, you know, anciently, when God made a covenant with Abraham, it was a practice to make a sacrifice, pull it apart and walk between it and say, in effect, may I be torn apart if I don't keep my part of the yeah. bargain? Yep. So in making a covenant, we want to live for the topics that will restore all things from God's perspective and name yeah. is number one, basically, Amen. but covenant is number two in that, mm -hmm. in the seven seals. And Amen. so we want to, the covenant is what makes us his kingdom. It's like the, the marriage. You're not married if you don't make a covenant. That's right. <laughs> Amen. So Amen. Basically, I'm Even saying if it's nothing more than going down to the courthouse and signing a paper. Once you sign a paper, that's a covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm seeing the covenant is linked to sevens, though. Uh, when God made a covenant with Abraham, seven times he said, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you this land. When God made the covenant with Israel, he gave him seven annual holy convocations. Mm -hmm. When Abraham made a covenant with Abimelech about some well or water, he gave him seven ewe lambs. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so Amen. seven is linked. What do we give the seven? If, we, if God, and oh, by the way, when I, I said that God got an ignorant bride at Sinai, because partly Israel was passive. They said, whatever God says we will do, you know, yeah, as yeah, if, well, yeah. just lay it on us, God. But really, they forgot about it. And they were, uh, I'm thinking this time, just like Israel was pa active when they went into the water for the Jordan River, we've got to be active in making the covenant. We have to Amen. say, this is something I want, and I'm going to give you seven of something. The, the active party gave seven of something, whether it was you lambs or uh, et cetera, you see. Right, uh, right. And so the sevens are seven topics that have a sevenfold emphasis uh, in Scripture, just mm -hmm. like God's name, by the way, in the Ten Commandments. Uh, if you go to Exodus 20, between verse 3 and the end of the commandments, uh, actually, they're all on the first five. Uh, you have Lord or God in all capital letters seven yeah. times. Amen. And so uh, that's a, a mark of end time truth, I think, like Revelation is a book of sevens. It's for end yeah. times, and it's a book of sevens. And Amen. so other topics that have a sevenfold link, I think, are also important. And I did say that the covenant uh, is uh, linked to sevens because of seven gifts, but also uh, the very first chapter where you find uh, a covenant being made with Noah in, in Genesis 9, you find the word for covenant seven times. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But doesn't Jesus tell us that first Elijah must come to restore all things? I mean, when does yes. that happen? Okay. 
I believe uh, that if we make a covenant with God on these seven topics, we can be the spiritual bride and we can be the Elijah that restores all things. We're making Amen. a covenant to the effect that we're going to live for these things. He's going to use us. If he doesn't get anybody else, he'll have 144,000 spiritual bride people who are his and his kingdom. But I believe he's going to use us to get others as well. And Amen. so that's that's how I'm uh, wanting to believe it and see it uh, based on clues from Scripture. Amen. Amen. So what's revealed in the third seal uh, in Revelation okay. 6? The third seal is the black horse. The, the, the second one was red horse, takes peace from the earth. It symbolizes bloodshed. Black horse, uh, it says a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. This is about famine and famine is coming. And uh, if you were to look at Isaiah 40, verse uh, four and five, it says uh, uh, that, hold on, I can read it to you. It's easier to do that, I think, almost. <laughs> I hope I can find it here quick. Um, let's see. Yeah, I did it. It's, it, it's at the glasses. end of the book, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The uh, Now, this is Isaiah 24. Uh, 24, verse 5, okay. the earth also is defiled among the inhabitants thereof because they've transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Mm. Okay, the, the laws are statutes and judgments. And mm -hmm. so I take that as uh, as a focus on the third the third thing. In, mm. in Israel's okay. day, it says the land has been defiled. Um, for one thing, they, they didn't rest the land. Uh, they were supposed to rest it every seventh year, just like right. we're supposed to rest every seventh day, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for our benefit and restoration. If you're always focused on money and greed and all this and every day trying to get more and more, you burn out yeah. at, at some point. Yeah. So uh, I'm saying that resting the land is important. I was talking with a, a teacher of agriculture who said that um, after about uh, seven years, if the land isn't rested, it just... Uh, the the all the chemicals and and Nutrients ammonia and that they yeah. pump into the soil it's like gumbo it's nothing yeah. good but for condominiums they have to sell it it can no longer produce crops yeah. well we're getting to a point where crops are going to be important i think and uh california might not be there to provide it for us the way things are going for them you know yeah so Amen. i would uh, just there's say a, there's a huge farm uh you know commercial farm not too far from where i live and this past summer, there's a good section of it right by the road that you drive by that they didn't plant. You know, they're just letting the weeds grow and, and all that good stuff. My wife asked me, why, why are they? I said, because they're rotating the crops. Every year, they're leaving a section of land all by itself, you know, and just let the weeds grow and the nutrients come back in. And, and next summer, they'll till it up and let it rot. And, and that'll be the, the nutrients for the following year. Very good. Good for you. Yeah. So that's that's that, I mean, that's in practice for some people, smart farmers yeah. <laughs> <I guess you'd laughs> <say. laughs> that care about their land. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so do all these things indicate, you know, the statutes and judgments, everything you just read about do these indicate an end time truth that the Bible is trying to communicate to us today. Well, I think it's uh yes. And even bigger and more important than that. Um, uh, I, I'll just give you an example. <clears throat> uh, first of all, let me back up and say that Matthew 17, verse 11, Elijah is supposed to come and restore all things. And we find uh, in Malachi 4, 4, and 5, 
remember the law of Moses with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I send you Elijah. So he comes in that context, and the statutes and judgments have the sevenfold emphasis in um, Ezekiel 20, verse 11 to 24. It's statutes, judgments, Sabbath, statutes, judgments, Sabbath. They are linked together as a sign of God's people. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, and the judgments, by the way, uh, uh, there's several chapters uh, on judgments in Exodus 21st chapter. I'll give you a couple examples of it uh, where it's eye for eye, tooth for tooth, life for life, burning for burning, stripe for stripe. And my point is this. If the man who dragged another black man behind his pickup till he died was also dragged behind a pickup till he died, there would be very few racial, uh, you know, right. uh, people that knew that and so on. Hey, I don't want that. I don't want to end that way, you know. Right. But we send them to jail for a year or two, give them. Uh, and while they're in jail, they get uh, free recreation, free uh, medical care, free education, uh, training for this or that. Uh, but they get out in a year or two on probation to do it again, whatever, yeah, rape or killing true. and so on. You see, so uh, we we have. We have enshrined Moses above the Supreme Court at the entryway, but we've yep. mocked him in the laws that we made. Yep. In fact, uh, I like Jonathan Kahn, who said to Biden on a on a, a YouTube thing, he said, uh, President Biden, how can you with your left hand on the Bible uh, take an oath to God when you have with your right hand are signing into laws that uh, war against the very principles of that Bible, you yep, know, exactly. it's just exactly. cannot do that. It's, it's a mockery and we're going to pay a price for it. And God is going to hold the leaders accountable. Uh, times of ignorance, God winks. And, and a lot of people don't know what the leaders are doing. You know, it's, yeah. it's all hidden oh, yeah. behind nice words. Oh, Patriot yeah. Act. Well, yeah. baloney, if you understand it. That's right. Amen. Amen. Do you see us either approaching the opening of the seals for the end times or in your opinion, have, are we already there? Have they already started? Good question. I love your heart, and you, you've got good uh, thoughts there. Um, a lot of people think we're already seeing the horses, but we, we're hearing hoofbeats. <laughs> we're not I there mean, yet, yeah. okay? Yeah. And, and my uh, reason for it is the first verse of Revelation 6. When John heard thunder, uh, it was, I believe, the roar of the Lion of Judah. The previous chapter talks about the Lion of Judah. But it says um, one of the four beasts that says, come and see. Well, in verse three, it's the second beast. In verse five, it's the third beast. And in verse seven, it's the fourth beast. So it must be the first beast. And the first beast is a lion. And that's in Revelation 4, 7. The first beast was a lion. And, uh, but in this case, it's the lion of Judah. That's Christ. Okay. Yeah. And, and Joel 3, 16 says, the Lord will roar. The heavens and earth will shake. So we're looking at an earthquake as the kickoff to the seals in Revelation 7. We're looking for an earthquake as the kickoff to the trumpets in Revelation 8, verse 5 and 6. It, it plainly says earthquake, and the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepare to sound. And then in Revelation 10, verse 3, a mighty angel comes down and cries as a lion's roar, and the seven thunders utter their voice. So that earthquake, lion's roar, encoded as a lion's roar there, is, is, um, precedes the seven thunders, which uh, 
I'll just tell you, I believe that uh, they represent, uh, let, me, let me give you the text for this. It's 1 Samuel 2, verse 10, when it says, and, and this is Hannah's prayer. She was wanting a son, and she Eli thought she, she was drunk or something, but really she was burdened and weeping. And uh, God granted her wish for a son with Samuel, beautiful little boy who uh, uh, really gave a straight witness to Eli and the wickedness with his, his sons doing wickedly. But in verse 10, it says, the Lord will thunder from heaven and exalt the horn of his anointed. So it links thunder with horn. And Daniel 8th chapter has seven horns, seven horn events, okay, if you want to think about it that way. And I believe the horn events of Daniel 8 are the seven thunders, geopolitical events. And um, so uh, <laughs> to yeah, me, I'm it not. makes good sense. And, and the yeah. war that we're, it, first of all, we might wonder how, you know, Daniel 8 is showing a militant Muslim ram that is pushing from the Middle East, mm -hmm. and it angers this goat that flies from the West and smacks the ram. And the horns on the ram are said to be kings of Media and Persia. But today we would say Iraq and Iran. Those are the yeah. same areas. And yeah. based on that, I predicted war with Iraq before 9-11. I said, yeah. we're going to go to war against Iraq. And I believe that, that, um, that there are six more horns to be broken, but we... I can, I believe, are the seventh horn that's unseen in that scenario. It's because of Hannah's prayer that God will thunder from heaven and exalt the horn of his anointed. That's us. Amen. It's not yeah. about uh, those other yeah. countries. So the, the seven horns are ahead of us, and we're number one. When God makes a covenant with, or we make a covenant with God, we can, uh, the then the, then all hell's going to break loose on this planet, yeah. I think. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we see in the world right now, basically, Ethnic group against ethnic group, many with nuclear weapons, all of them basically out of control. Matthew yeah. 24, 22 states explicitly, unless those days be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Could it be, <clears throat> just throwing that out there, could it be that prophecy is not so much about God destroying the earth, but man destroying humanity and God's intervening to save humanity from destroying itself. Good point, brother. And I want to show you how actually there are two time clocks. There is a day for your time clock that the Baptist preacher, William Miller, was looking at in Daniel 8, 14. For 2,300 days, that pointed to 1844 for the time of the end, he believed. But he wasn't really looking at a concordance that showed that that vision really is about a ram and a goat, not about 20. There are two visions in that chapter. The visual vision of a ram and a goat, the auditory vision of uh, the, what he heard, Daniel heard 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed, which Miller thought was the earth, okay? Really, uh, in retrospect, the sanctuary is in heaven. Uh, Hebrews, is the book of Hebrews is about a heavenly sanctuary. Christ is our mediator and so on there. And he intercedes for us. And uh, I believe the issues are not fully solved yet. Uh, basically, uh, Satan, the devil, claims that God law cannot be kept uh, and God is unmerciful in, in uh, throwing me out of heaven uh, when we're all holy beings and, and uh, we, we, we can't do anything wrong. Well, he was in rebellion against God, really. Yeah. And, he yeah. and Calvary proved that he was a murderer of God because Christ didn't do anything wrong. So uh, yeah. uh, after that, but... The claim still is from uh, the devil that um, 
no, he doesn't have people today that are really, uh, we've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. We don't, that we're not living as well as we should be if oh, God's exactly. law can be kept. Hmm. And God is going to have 144,000 who once sealed will vindicate and show that, yes, even like Daniel or his friends, we're willing to die rather than disobey God. Amen. And if we're willing that way, and God has his demonstration, not just of a single person here or Joseph in Egypt, but, but and, and Joseph made mistakes too. But my, my point is, um, uh, we, God, God called Abraham, uh, uh, you know, to and walk before me, be perfect, and so on. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount says, be perfect. I think we, that will be finalized in a sealed group of people at the end of time. And Amen. it will vindicate God. Uh, so that uh, he can be free. Otherwise, the angels in heaven say, "Are you going to bring that to heaven?" You know, uh, when when you know, it, it, it's they they would get nervous because it could be trouble all over again. You know, mm -hmm. for what yeah. what could happen? Amen, amen. Doctor, as we get ready to close, you mentioned you know a, a huge earthquake, and I know you released a book detailing some horrific things that could happen right. In this year, 2023, and I'm speaking, of course, about your book, Mega Quake, Mega Quake 2023. Are there any signs you can point to that it's still building to a mega quake in this coming year? Well, I, I see three confirmatory signs, and one of them is confirming it already in the sense that, and you started out with this emphasis as the days of Noah. Uh, the days of Noah are true, but it's more than we think, because the reason the flood came in the second spring month instead of Passover, uh, Abib, uh, the first spring month, was a 9-11 warning from Christ. Uh, he, Numbers 9, verse 10 11, provides for Passover a month later for two reasons. One is, if you're on a long trip and you can't get back to, to Jerusalem in time for Passover, you're to keep it the second month. You're not excused. Passover meant judgment, and we all have to face it. But, uh, the other provision is contact with a dead body. And Noah had contact with Methuselah, who died as a sign the flood was coming. His name Methuselah meant when he dies, it will come. So contact with a dead body was for uh, a reason for the delay to second month. But uh, Christ himself is took the long journey to heaven, and he will return from the long journey second Passover for a time of judgment on earth, signaled by that earthquake, okay? But also, we are seeing already contact with dead bodies. My neighbor, two doors down from here, buried his brother after the shot, okay? And lots of people dying, dropping dead. And I believe we haven't seen, but by the beginning of this, really, and uh, because lots of people are stupid and are going to get the you-know-what, and uh, uh, it's it's only beginning, I think. There's going to be a lot more deaths as a result of this contact with a dead body. So that's a confirmatory sign, number one, that we're already seeing. Second Man. confirmatory sign before we get to May will be Muslims surrounding Jerusalem. And that mm. will be a very strong, uh, you know, because God's going to roar from Jerusalem. Heavens and earth will shake. That's number two. Number three is a last-minute warning. Uh, you remember that in the days of Noah, Animals went into the ark with Noah. Mm -hmm. And I saw a video a month or more ago now. Uh, Indonesia, they had a tsunami come, and it wiped out a quarter of a million people on the beaches. But animals who were not tied down or encaged or in a house somewhere made it to high land, and they were all saved. You know. Mm -hmm. And my point is, I think I, I would not be surprised if, if May 1, 
there is something in the news uh, or two uh, about strange behavior of, of animals on the West Coast. <laughs> you know, I, I really think that that could yeah. be because uh, it's in the Bible and it's uh, it's a fact uh, that I saw on the video thing. Well, so, I mean, you got the Yellowstone right there, and that's the whole purpose of that is the national park with the animals and all that. So if there's suddenly a migration up to the mountains. Good point. Sure it'll make the news. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Because <laughs> they're, they're talking about that thing. You know, any day it could happen, yeah. you know. Well, I don't think any day. I think it has yeah. to get fit God's appointed times. Mm -hmm. yeah. And sadly, the papacy boasts that they mm -hmm. got rid of God's, uh, they call yeah. them Jewish festivals. Yeah. But uh, in Leviticus 23, verse 2, God calls them my feasts. Okay. Yeah. Not Jewish, but they're his feasts. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so uh, for the, uh, the, you know, the enemy not mm -hmm. only got rid of God's name, but they got rid of uh other things in the commandments, it says the little horn will think to change times and laws. And we have a Gregorian calendar that yeah. doesn't match up with God's calendar at all. That's right. So That's um, right. I would yeah. just say, uh, don't go there if you yeah. aren't already. God winks in times of ignorance, and I'm not condemning all Catholics, uh, I, but I believe their leadership is, is headed the wrong direction. Yeah. And uh, yeah. some are changing and repenting. You know, there are yeah. uh, occasional uh, priests or bishop or whatever uh, speak out and say that uh, you don't. We don't need any new order. This yeah. this is about yeah. uh, papal and, supremacy, and, and that's the we, we know. We've heard about the prophecy of Saint Malachi that the Pope we have right now is supposed to be the last Pope. So I mean, I wouldn't you know, be surprised. Things are all these things are just yeah. coming together right at right in this day. And time. <laughs> yes. Now, how how can someone obtain a copy of your book, Mega Cake Twenty Twenty Three? Is it on Amazon? Yes, it is on Amazon. And if you want a soft cover uh, issue, that's the best way. I don't have the time to fill the envelopes and so yeah, on. But if you me. want a digital copy, uh, if you go to three words everybody wants, healthhappinessdestiny.com, uh, and click the DVD video page, okay? You can watch a, a health video for five minutes. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll like it. If, and you know people with taking prescriptions that ought to see it. You can get the link to that and my book, Megaquay, and another book for $4.99. Amen. Okay. Amen. So uh, if, if you don't mind reading the digital instead of having soft cover in your hands, you can get the information and get three, you know, get the video that is worth, in my opinion, for people who take prescriptions, it's worth thousands of dollars because you ought to get off those prescriptions. And, Amen. uh, live Amen. well anyway Amen. that's health happiness destiny.com hey man i'll put a link to all that down in the show notes below and it's it's in the blog or dvd book uh, the, the the dvd book uh tab at the top amen amen okay. dr really is again it's been so interesting i could talk to you for hours but if someone wanted to get in touch with you maybe to ask a question or maybe do an interview like this how is best able to do that how can they get in touch with you Okay, uh, I would say get the book, and if you'll have questions, my email is on that website, I think, or the uh, or the other one, but uh, I don't mind giving it. Ruling, uh, my last name, R-U-H-L-I-N-G-7, at Juno, J-U-N-O.com. Not Amen. Gmail, but Ruling7 at Juno. Juno. Yeah. I'll put links to all that in the show notes. Folks, as okay. always, Dr. Ruling's leaving us with some serious things that we need to think and pray about. If you or your loved one are not right with God, there's not much time left. You need to pray and enter into that place where you're in fellowship with him. The time is running out. We can see it happening right before our very eyes. And I also encourage you to drop down the show notes, click the links there, get in touch with Dr. Ruling. 
And, and be sure to order your copy of Mega Quake 2023. Get it, read it, preach it, praise God with it. And you know, order the Earthquake and the Seven Seals as well. That that's a book that that he's written that's out there. Doctor Really, thank you again for taking the time to come on the program today. I do appreciate it so much, brother. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you, Robert. And folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Dr. Richard Rilly and myself, as Pastor Bob Reminded, be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear, but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and coworkers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.